0: Okay, we're live, Uh, Vivian, it is so nice to have you here and I can't wait to introduce my listeners and fans to you and your story. Um, Before we do I'll just do a little housekeeping. Thank you guys for joining me if you're joining me live today. um, If you want in the comments tell us where you're from you can ask some questions. Sometimes I get so involved in the interview I don't get time to watch the feed but I'll do my best to kind of check in and if you see my eyes shifting I'm probably looking at comments so that we can bring you guys in if you're listening and have some questions. For some of you, this will be a brand new topic, and I am so excited to introduce it. Just background, if you want to find me or my blogs, you can go to jillcarnihan.com, all kinds of 10 years of uh, blogs there, all kinds of information on um, chronic illness, Lyme disease, um, inflammatory conditions, mast cell activation syndrome, et cetera, et cetera. Um, today, we're going to go to a little bit different level. Super excited about that. Um, and if you want to catch this podcast or any of my other ones, you can find them on Stitcher or YouTube or um any of the common channels where you find podcasts. So today I have my guest Vivian Rosenthal and I am so so excited about this today. Um, she founded a phenomenal um, place in New York and is now expanding her reach and I'm really going to let uh, her tell you her story but the cool thing about her is she is a world changer. She is someone who sees the Um, What I've seen in functional medicine is we know supplements and diet and lifestyle has such a profound effect on health and healing. And I've done that for 20 years. I could do it in my sleep. Um, But the next level of healing is really going to take a spiritual awareness and consciousness and things like breath work and things like looking at our old childhood trauma and these kinds of things that really heal those patterns that create illness in the beginning. Now, I'm not saying that you caused your illness, um, but in my own personal journey, um, I've noticed, you know, I've done the supplements, I've done the IVs, I've done all the functional medicine and it helps so much to heal my body and my mind. But the next level that I went to was dealing with my old patterns of trauma, my patterns of thinking, my connection with God and uh, the divine. And these places where we can go for healing can offer some of the most profound changes in our physical health. And that's why it's connected and why Vivi and I have a very similar consciousness and also even alignment, because ultimately we want you and ourselves to be living our very best life and showing up with light and love for the world. So Vivian, welcome, welcome, welcome. I wanted to start by, tell us your story. You have such a fascinating story. And if you're willing to go back, you told me a couple of things about even your childhood that I think were so relevant. Jump right in and tell us um, what kind of your background and how you got to where you're at.
1: All right, well, first of all, just thank you, Dr. Jill, for having me. It's such an honor to be here. I really, I I feel like just so grateful. Um, So thank you for the opportunity to share bit of my story and the breath work and what I'm building with frequency. Um, And it's wonderful to meet all of you who are listening, watching, learning along with us. Um, It's really a lifelong journey of learning. So um, every day I feel like is a new opportunity to deepen, (laughs) to deepen the listening and deepen the learning. So my, you know, I think my journey began um, some point in middle school. (laughs) I, I, came into this world feeling very much um, of an alien here, not necessarily wanting to be in a body, not really sure why I was here. I was um, had a lot of anxiety as a child, more than um, really made sense given my upbringing. And I can now see, you know, looking back on my child self that a lot of it was actually past life, um, and that might be not everyone might believe in that, and that's okay. A lot of it was past life. Some of it was this life, um, and um, but you know, it it really took me to a place um, pretty early on as a child of having a ulcer mm-hmm. and um, being in and out of the doctor's office, and eventually needing um, surgery. And also sent me to the child psychiatrist's office because I was um, I was really gripped by a lot of fear. I was having a lot of panic and anxiety. I um, I grew up in Manhattan on the 11th floor. Well, first on the 7th floor and then the 11th floor. And I wouldn't take the elevator. I was wow. <laughs> really, I was really scared. Um, so I got uh, I. Got to be known in the building as the child who walked up and down eleven flights of stairs every time. Um,
0: You're probably in really good shape. I was
1: in really good shape, <laughs> really good shape. Um, but yeah, and and so it was really it really started to take control of my life in a way that was very threatening, and um, to sort of my my being and development. And so, thankfully, um, yeah, I had some incredible parents, teachers, <laughs> friends who, you know, started to, um, to help me, but it was, it was a pretty, it was a rough start, let's just say. And, um, you know, I've since learned so much about why, and we'll circle back to it, but why I felt so, you know, uncomfortable being here in this body in this incarnation. And, um, and so I spent you know, most of my teenage years and then college years and even grad school um, struggling with pretty severe panic attacks mm-hmm. and a lot of anxiety and depression. And um, I went to Brown undergrad and it was really there that the panic attacks got pretty mm-hmm. unbearable. Yeah. Um, and then they continued on in grad school. I went to Columbia and New York City and got my master's in architecture. And it was, you know, it started to really define, unfortunately, who I was. And I just thought, well, I'm always going to be panicked. I'm always going to be anxious. And that's just who I am. Right. (laughs) I I didn't at that point understand that the brain was neuroplastic and that we, you know, could actually really rewire and um, remember who we are and come back to a, a, you know, a more balanced version of ourselves. And so
0: I I just want to say real quick, and I don't want to stop your story, but this is so relevant to you, myself, and all the listeners, because in illness and in whether it's mental or physical or anywhere in between, and there's always a combination, we do so often identify with this thing. I'm a breast cancer survivor, or I have Crohn's disease, or I have Lyme disease. And it's so easy to get so enmeshed in that, that that's like our subconscious will manifest whatever we believe, right? So then we become even more so what we believe that we are. And so it's hard to get out of that cycle. So keep going. But I think that's- no, well- absolutely. Realistic.
1: And just to add to that, Dr. Jill, I mean, my part of my identity became being like the anxious New York Jew, right? Like I was like, oh, that's just who I am. And then and then part of my identity became always being sick with gut issues. Yes. and then, And then I started to become attached to that victimhood. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, I think once you become overly attached to a story, my gosh, well, then you're just reinforcing that particular groove and, and, and really clinging to it. Right. And holding on to the pain body. And, and it's, so it just, it really started to spiral down, let's just say. And, um, and then I, sorry, there's a really loud motorcycle. I'm in New York city. so. Just right. Okay. Um, And so, you know, I um, one of the things that happened after grad school, I ended up starting a, um, a design and animation and technology studio with a classmate from Columbia, and one of the first things that actually really helped me was finding purpose. And when I found purpose in work, that was the first time that I really was able to almost step outside of myself and my own loops. Yes. And that was like, that should have been a key. Um, but I don't think I had enough self-awareness at the time to know it. But um, but yes, that sort of cracked things open. And then fast forwarding, um, you know, I, I spent a number of years really at the intersection of design, technology, and humanity. Um, I ended up, starting a tech company, then I ended up getting recruited by Google to run an incubator for them, um, which was an incredible experience. Uh, But unfortunately, and then in some ways, fortunately, along the way, I got Lyme disease. And like many of your listeners and um, many of us who've, you know, struggled with Lyme, um, it it really kind of, it really took a hold of my life. And it was um, pretty physically and emotionally debilitating. And it was I had it for quite some time um, before it was diagnosed, and so, you know, and everyone it manifests differently. Um, in my case, I was I was my digestion was completely yes. shut down, um, and massive amounts of fatigue, and I ended up being hospitalized at the Mayo Clinic, and you know I had the battery of tests that you have when you're there for a week, and the various procedures and things, and. Um, but the real aha moment for me was, you know, they have you do a psych evaluation when you're, you know, there. And, um, you know, they said, wow, you're quite anxious and depressed. And I said, well, yes, of course. <laughs> like, I, I'm quite sick and my life is on hold or it's kind of stopped. And I, I hardly recognize myself. I'm so anxious and depressed and I can hardly eat and keep down solid food. And and there wasn't much support. Instead, I was given prescriptions for three different medications. Um, and I was sort of told like, well, here you go. Here's this cocktail of medications to manage your mood and pain and everything. And, um, and it, was a, it was very eye-opening. It was very, very eye-opening.
0: Well, and Vivian, what you're speaking to is our conventional, I'm trained as a medical doctor, conventional medicine, Loyola University, some of the best, Yeah, I still feel like it's the best medical system as far as reimbursement and all that, but here's the deal, we're as medical students and residents, we're taught to use, uh, find a code that, that gives the diagnosis, come to yeah. a conclusion, and then with that conclusion comes drugs and there's nothing wrong with drugs i prescribe oh, all the time I, they help they, us both they help
1: I, us so much yeah <laughs>
0: totally completely agree like i want to make sure there's no shaming about yeah. taking drugs no, no, for no. food. but but the bigger thing here is um as you mentioned and you're, this is so relevant to the listeners because Lyme disease affects not just the body and the muscles and the um, and mitochondria for fatigue but the brain and we yeah. see so often um neuropsychiatric disturbances that go along with these infections. And what a lot of patients don't realize is they feel shame about like, this is just who I am, or I can't be any different. And the real truth is infections and toxins and all these things actually exacerbate and often create brain dysfunction. So it's very real and meds can stabilize. But then if you get to the root cause, and again, you're going to go on with your story of something, finding some answers, but it's so much deeper than just giving a med, right? And granted, what you saw was the limitations of our system, which are good but then there's more so where did there's you go more.
1: yeah and and just to to reinforce what you said i i mean really medications really save save me and help so I, this is uh in no way sometimes we really need right. those <laughs> you know the, the lexapro not only helps my mind but helped my gut it actually yes, reduced yes. pain right because it, it's the serotonin and so, so true it, but it's, it, it is this thing where I wasn't looking at the sort of underlying causes, right? A lot of my trauma, a lot of my fears, mm-hmm. a lot of the toxicity, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so it was, it, was, it was eye-opening in the sense that I, I, I knew there had to be a more holistic way yeah. to, to move forward, which was med- the medications in conjunction with other therapies yeah. and modalities. And then at some point in my case, you know, slowly titrating off the medication, but that was years later. Like I really needed the support of those medications. So I want to I, I, I'm not in any way putting medication down. So I just want to be clear about that. And
0: neither am I. I just kind of wanted to say like, there's no shame yeah. in that. I always say, no. it's like you have a broken leg, you need a crutch. It's perfectly appropriate while you're healing. Yeah. And then from a functional integrative approach, we can go to the root and say, what's causing these disturbances. Yes. And while you're with using that crutch to heal, we can get in there and try to do some work. And then eventually, like you said, we can get off the meds if possible and, um, and have this, you know, different. Yeah. Um,
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, I, um, when I was there at the Mayo Clinic, it was over my birthday in February, negative 20 degree weather. I was there with my father and it was, you know, it was a really low point. And I said, you know, if I get out of here, I really want to radically change my life. And I didn't quite know what that looked like, but I said to him, I really want to devote my life to mental health. Um, and overall wellness, and um, that is essentially what happened. I I came back to New York City, and I found um, I went up to Kripalu, which is a, a beautiful retreat center up in the Berkshires, and I found Kundalini Yoga. Yeah, and um, Kundalini is a you know ancient technology that uses a lot of mantra and mudras and, um, and, and forms of yoga that everyone's more familiar with um, to really help balance the mind and body. And I, I came back to New York after that trip and I just dove in head first and started learning about the breath, started learning about mantra and sound and ended up doing my teacher training over the course of a year, a very extensive training while I was recovering from Lyme um, that really set me on a new trajectory. And, you know, at the time I, I was really learning um, the breath and, and, and all of this work really for my own healing, not thinking I was going to teach it or start a company, but, you know, life sometimes um, has surprises in store for us. And so, you know, I, I initially, you know, had to wrestle with, do I leave my, you know, do I leave my tech company? Do I leave this, this incredible work I'm doing at Google. And, um, you know, it, it turned out that I really needed to. I needed to completely change my life. Um, I'm not saying everyone needs to do that, but that was just, that was my experience. Um, I really, as, as I deepened my practice, I realized that I wanted to be, not just having these interests in health and wellness and mental well-being on the side, but I wanted it to be my actual focus. Um, and so that is really sort of how things were set in motion. I ended up doing after the Kundalini training, I went to sound school and studying the healing properties of sound and vibration Mm -hmm. and frequency. Um, and in that, you know, in that world, I, I met a woman named Dr. Meg Poe, who's, you know, like me was, was really sort of tuning into these other, modalities of, of healing. And, you know, so we started really examining what does what what
0: is this, this, is this about like what a year ish? I'm just curious. Is yeah. There-
1: this is about seven years ago.
0: Okay, Wow.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, and from there really learning about what Tesla and Einstein, you know, had, had identified, which is that we're just all vibrating energy. Yes. Right. And and our frequency can be tuned up or tuned down like an instrument, right? So you wouldn't go on stage at Carnegie Hall without tuning your instrument. Right. Yes. And so yes. and yet we often just jump out of bed and, and start our day without tuning our instrument. And so I became really fascinated with this idea of um frequency. And Penny Pierce, who's the author of the book um, Frequency writes about our home frequency. And that's really that signature of the soul where we're in like a deep state of homeostasis, right? Where we're vibrating at a really high frequency um, and 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 we're less reactive, right? We know we have those days where we're in like a flow state yes. and people are just like, wow, you seem like really good. And you're just like, yeah, I feel, you know, it's, it's sort of this effortless flow. Yes. and And, you know, obviously athletes talk about flow state a lot. But so I, I really started to um, explore what that was. And, you know, and, and that that was really the genesis of frequency.
0: Wow, I love it. So a couple of things that come to mind that I think are so relevant. First of all, you just described like myself, and I bet half of our listeners are more out there. So often the suffering and the difficulties and these crises that we come to, there are these yes. awakenings, these transitional periods where God in the universe is trying to get our attention and say, you know what, maybe we should shift a little this way, or maybe there's something else that's more, it's like, what else is possible, right? It's kind of gets us out of our comfort zone, which is very uncomfortable. I like being comfortable. And then into the space of thinking about things differently. And I know some of you listening have been through your own journeys with illness, maybe you're in it right now. And it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, just look at it. Look at the sunny side, all that. That's, we know that there's suffering and both Vivi and I have experienced that. But the truth is often in in that suffering, if you can find meaning and purpose, there can be an awakening that transforms your life in such a way that it'll never be the same. And it sounds like that was really what happened to you in that journey. And I'm so grateful because now you are doing things. I mean, you were do, changing the world before, and now you're changing it in a whole different way. So tell us about what you created in New York with Frequency Mind and tell us more I, about this. I
1: will absolutely. I just want to say one thing to speak to what you just shared, listeners. You know, I'm not all better, right? Like I still have tremendous gut issues. I struggle daily with, with a lot of chronic pain in my gut and things. So it's not, it's not that suddenly it's like, oh, I'm better. Everything's easy. You know, it's, but it's, it becomes, there's, I think when you bring your attention and intention, you know, to the healing and see what it's trying to teach you and offer you. And I realized in myself that, there was a huge abandonment of myself and of my inner child and of, you know, like the pain of being in a body. And I, I had, you know, dissociated for a long time from the physical pain. And, you know, so there has been this great gift and learning, even in the recovery, not just from Lyme, but from a lifetime of, um, you know, gut issues and anxiety and whatnot. So I would just encourage anyone listening to you know, to not feel like there has to be this, you know, there's not always this sort of perfect moment of like, ta-da, I'm healed, everything's perfect. It's like, no, but there is, there is this um, sort of new relationship that you can form with yourself, with your body, with your mind, and, and and sort of bringing more self-love, more compassion. Um, to it and and beginning to unravel some of those old stories and narratives and beliefs you know and that is where it starts to get exciting is seeing how much of your day you can lean into you know that version of yourself the hologram of yourself that you are stepping into right that's the work that like Joe Dispenza talks about a lot and like so and and maybe start to see it with um, yeah, with, with fresh eyes. So that's, that's what I've been. Oh, I,
0: I love that you're saying that because that's the truth. Like I come on here, like I beat cancer and Crohn's and some people may think that I have it all made and I'm great. I every day still have difficulties. And I have days where we were just talking before this about you and I both having a day this week where we were like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can get out of bed. And people yeah. see that because they see me on video and I'm bright and cheery and I love doing it. Right. But the truth is we all still struggle, and I'm just like you. I feel like like the chemo from the cancer has permanently caused immune issues and fatigue sometimes and all that. So those things I still deal with as well. One of the other things I love that you mentioned I think is so relevant Um, I learned very early, like you to kind of dissociate from feelings because there were a lot. And um, one thing I think, I don't know if this is true for you, but it was for me understanding the highly sensitive person and how some of us are born and we're like antennas to energy and light and sound and emotions. And so we become so overwhelmed because we're so porous, like we don't have great boundaries. And so because of that overwhelm, at least for me, I learned really early to dissociate and to kind of go out of my body and into my happy place. And and what I did was that created this kind of superhuman, uh, you know, like I could just do anything because I could just not feel right. I was never sad. I was never angry. I just learned to dissociate from those emotions. And I could go and do and perform and do new projects and always this. Well, the last five years, what I call my awakening when i started to do the work and started to be embodied and be in myself and let myself be sad and have compassion on the sadness or let myself be angry um i remember the first time i saw a therapist five years ago or six years ago and told her that specific therapist i don't get angry and she laughed right like of course you get angry but i literally six years ago had no cum. oh i've said that too we're guys, very of that emotion. <laughs> So, but what I was going to say is what happens then now is actually now that I'm more embodied, I feel emotions more, and it's way more of a roller coaster. It's actually, I think harder than dissociating. It's harder to live embodied body day to day and feel because it's, it's a, it's uh disruptive. I can't perform at that level and dissociate. Right. Um, so I just want to, I, I think there's this beauty of healing and sometimes the healing brings with it, the tenderness and the, and the vulnerability that we all live in. And for me, I feel like I'm not as resilient or not as like superhuman as I used to be, but I'm so much more embodied and life is so much better, but there is a trade-off.
1: Yes. My gosh. That's so beautifully said. I feel like I've said those exact same words. It's wild. Yeah. Here talk and it's very comforting. And yeah. yes, I mean, I think this is, it's, it's moving into, I, I describe it as like the soft edge of discipline. I used to be like, really strong and tough and muscle and so much discipline and just like push and push and push and and now I'm learning yeah to be in my body to not dissociate to feel all the feelings to recognize oh I do get angry I do get sad (laughs) I, I do have feelings like I
0: you know, so and so to allow us yes. to rest, right? Because when we're high performers and in that dissociation, I remember years ago with Joe Polish in a uh, seminar for professionals who were, you know, pretty successful. I didn't feel like I belonged there, but he was talking about um, our workaholism and our perfectionism and all this as an addiction. And it really hit home because I'm like, oh, I don't do drugs, I don't do out, you know, I didn't feel like I had any addictions. But to him, him and his, as he was telling all of us, he was basically saying, any of you who work extreme, you know, hours and that it's just dissociating from those emotions in a different way that societal society accepts and rewards. So it's very interesting to look at these things with a different eye and understand.
1: Yes, and you're touching on something so key and I didn't know this. I wasn't I didn't have the self-awareness when I started frequency to know this, but I can look back now and mm-hmm. there is a um it's in the gene keys it's called a genetic hunger, but there's a there's this desire you know, force to fulfill that gaping, you know, hole that so many of us have, where we just don't have, we haven't been taught how to truly have self-love and self-compassion and to be embodied. And so we do reach for food, shopping, you know, drugs, whatever, workaholism, you know, one-click Amazon, like it's, it's, there's so many ways to get these dopamine hits. And what, you know, what I think is that we are a culture, we're a country that is constantly looking to fill that void through consumerism. Yeah. And yeah. consumerism, again, can be any lens of addiction, right? It could be social media. Yes. It could be and and you know what the reason I ended up finding the breathwork to be so powerful is because I realized that it was giving me agency and sovereignty through this embodied feeling of self-love that i had never touched before you know and and that i think is really what's so powerful about the breathwork. because even with you know the world of psychedelics and plant medicine which can be very healing but you're it's still something outside of ourselves and to realize that we have inside of ourselves the most potent medicine of all, the breath, which connects us to spirit, it connects us to our body, it opens our heart, yeah. it activates DMT endogenously in the body. Science is now showing like it is this innate, beautiful, potent therapeutic medicine that works physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, energetically. Right in Kundalini, we were oh, 10 ew. bodies. And when I realized like, wow, I have agency, I have sovereignty. I don't need someone outside of me, a doctor, a therapist, a healer, a guru to heal me. Like, actually that will never fully, fully work unless I actually love myself. Right. I can take every supplement. I can do every type of everything, but I was not wanting to look inward. Right. It was, I was constantly wanting to look outward. There was outer space instead of inner space. And so, you know, that is the thing that I see over and over that's so empowering with the breath is that we all breathe, right? We come into this life with breath. We leave this world with breath. And every breath we take yeah. is a chance to really return to ourselves, to be in that state of, of presence, of consciousness, of awareness, of self love. And from that place, Really, miracles happen, right? From that place, we can heal, we can love others, we we can help this planet, we can do so, we can find our purpose, we can, we can realize that we're not alone in our journey. So, you know, it's it's really been this like absolute sort of just joy to see how the breath has touched, you know, thousands of people now through frequency because. That is one of the the first things people say is like, wow, I felt this deep sense of self love and joy and gratitude
0: and connection. Those are usually the words that people describe. And when we have that, then we have to, like you said, go looking outside. I was yeah. also just struck by, you know, I remember hearing not so long ago someone expository. I'm very, I'm sure you are too, a very spiritual person and definitely connected to the divine and prayer and meditation. And, um, yeah. there's a word that was used, um, from God as his like, um, spirit and it's Ruah. And it means the breath on the yeah. water. And I love, I remember like being in tears when I first heard that and understood like, God is breath. He is in our breath. And like, I I I no, I wanted to weep because I'm like, oh, the Ruah and the Ruah is like the feminine part of God. And it's the breath. And I feel like as I've learned, if we would Masculine and feminine are attributes, they're not a woman or male, but in my life, yep. I've been very masculine-driven, goal-driven, hard-driving, you know, all that kind of medical school is very yep. masculine. And as I've embraced this more feminine, um intuitive nature, softer nature, more um loving and uh more creative. And again, they both you need both equally, but yes. the rua, this it's literally the breath of God that floats over the waters in the beginning. And to me, I was like. Breath is God. This is a, this is part of, so I don't know who you are out there, where you are listening. I'm open. I'm, I've always loved to embrace people of all religions, faiths, backgrounds. I have mine and you have yours, but the truth is God is breath. God is part of this. And it's so relevant, I think, to me, because we have this greater purpose and power and it's accessible to us.
1: That's so beautiful, and actually, that's actually part of my talk um, at this conference that we're both speaking oh, at. This is, uh, yeah, in 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 French and Latin, you know, yeah. the root of of breath is l'esprit, which is spirit, which is yes, God, yes, right? Yes. And and actually, to to the the old meaning of to inspire was to actually breathe inspiration to breathe god into someone oh, or to breathe it into yourself to be inspired was to take in the breath of spirit of god of consciousness and over time we've lost that meaning of it but that's actually and it and an inspiratrix in is a latin word which means one who breathes life into others and i realized i was like oh that is oh. that is my dharma <laughs> that's my calling that's what i'm here to do i'm here to bring this spirit life force you know to people. And so it's exactly what you said that. And, and, wow. you know, it's, it's interesting because when, when I do, you know, lead groups, um, and individuals into the breath and through the breath, you know, one of the first things they often say is this is one of the most profound spiritual experiences of my life. Um, and, you know, and, and that is because it's, it's often the first time that people feel, that deep connection to the divine, to the cosmos, to God, whatever, to source, whatever you want to call it in your, you know, that resonates for you. And, you know, and it's, I think once we can touch that and realize that it we are not separate from that. And in fact, it actually is us. We are a piece of that. That's when everything began to shift for me. You know, that's when I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I understand now, like there's, there's something greater than just, you know, myself and my trauma and right. my body and like working all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Not that I can't still get lost in those loops, of right. course. We're all very human <laughs> and I still tend to have my workaholism tendencies yeah. and you know, but but I think there's this there's this opening that occurs. And so that's you know that's the potential of the breath. And and to go back to your question, you know, from about 10 minutes ago, um, you know, how, you know, this frequency was really, you know, it it. It started off as this as this vision to bring the visual arts and the healing arts together. Um, you know, I'm I'm not only an architect, but I'm a painter. There's actually my painting behind me, wow. and, um, and a poet, and I, you know, but and a sculptor. I've always been in in this this the space Beautiful. of art, um, and as an architect, I loved crafting experiences for people. Mm-hmm. And so, it was really thinking about okay, could the, could the visual sort of experience live with the healing experience. And that is what we created with frequencies. So it's actually a geodesic dome. So think back to childhood, if you were ever went to a planetarium, it's like a planetarium, except it's not like it is a planetarium, except instead of seating, we just have sheepskins on the ground. And so you're lying down and like a child looking up with this sort of awe and wonder and joy at these beautiful three-dimensional visuals mm-hmm. that you know that we've designed and animated that really support slowing down the brain waves, moving out of that monkey mind, yeah. feeling that that joy that you did as a child where you really feel like you're moving into the cosmos, right? Mm-hmm. And so already just that alone begins to shift the nervous system mm-hmm. and you know, shift brain waves. And even before we get into the breath work and and in the you know in this in the psychedelic space, that's what's called set and setting. Now, mm-hmm. when I when I created this dome and, and and the visuals, I didn't know that term. Um, this was a few years ago. I hadn't heard of the term set and setting. I now understand what it is, which is really like putting a lot of intention and attention and design into the set and setting wherever you're going to do some type of inner work. That could be meditation, it could be. Talk therapy, it could be breath work, it could be psychedelics, right? Like it could be so many things, but just you know, having a space that is really designed from a visual perspective, a lighting perspective, a music and sound perspective, everything—it's—it's it's like right has been designed perfectly to hold that, just like a womb has, right? A womb is the perfect environment, right? And so, in that way, we are creating this womb-like space, this sacred space, this divine space. Um, and using the geometry, you know, of a dome, which is a sacred geometry, which dates back thousands of years and has been bu- used by many indigenous peoples as a, you know, as a space for ritual. So, so that was that was really the genesis. Was like, how could the visual arts and healing arts cohabitate to create this more creative space where all parts of ourselves? We're welcome, you know. So it's not just the intellect, it's not just the body, it's not just you know. We don't have to decompartmentalize. We can actually bring all of ourselves mm. into it, and all of ourselves are welcome. Like all of the emotions are welcome. So that was a really important piece. Um,
0: and you the- started this. Uh, when did you do your first dome? And tell us just a little about the history of Frequency Mind.
1: Yeah. So um, myself and uh, Dr. Poe and Geo Israel. Um, we first popped this this uh, this dome up at Burning Man um, in uh, well I guess it was yeah two, three years ago now I guess three years ago now um, and you know it was. Um, it was quite a wild ride. I'd never been to Burning Man, but everyone told me, oh, you need to launch the Burning Man. So I just kind of did it all. I was like, okay, I'm going to launch this and I'm going to go to Burning Man for the first time. which was very challenging. And I, um, but, you know, there was a lot of people there who've kind of done everything, seen everything, and they were all brought to tears. And they said, this is one of the deepest, most profound experiences I've had in the 10 years of going here. Mm-hmm. And that's what really gave us um, the inner knowing that this was something special that was worth pursuing back in the quote unquote real world. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so came back to New York, ended up speaking to um, someone I had met at a conference from my world days in like tech. And he was uh, part of the innovation team at Lou Lemon. And oh. I said, you know, I'm working on this concept around uh, mental health. And I said, I really feel like mental health needs to. Going to be destigmatized, even almost rebranded like mental fitness, mental wellness, and so we can make it something we can talk about. And um, and he said, "Wow, that's actually a real pillar for us." We you know we believe that we've been in this era of physical fitness, right? And and but you can go to the gym or take a million spin classes and still be looping in yeah. self loathing or depression or anxiety or trauma, whatever it is. And so we just started talking about how important you know, this, this idea of taking care of our emotions, our inner landscape was in addition to any kind of physical um, workout. And so Lou Lemon took a real chance on a really, really early stage startup. We were basically just a, you know, a concept that had done one pop-up at Burning Man and they ended up sponsoring us to bring a large dome to South by Southwest. That The the last year it happened before COVID. And it was just, really groundbreaking Um, people, you know, every, the conference attendees at South by Southwest were, were really moved. I mean, just tears and tears and uh, of both, of both sort of like, you know, a lot of emotion coming up, but also joy, right? Like it was all all of the things. And, and so again, it was this, like the universe saying like, yes, people need this. People are ready. Mm -hmm. Actually they're ready to do this kind of group therapy i mean that's the other thing is like what we found is people are saying you know i don't just want another app where it's a pre-recorded right digital recording that like i'm doing by myself like people are lonely they're isolated especially with covid i think this desire for community and connection is is really big part of what we're doing with frequency so at its core this is a type of like group know therapy um now our modality instead of talk therapy is is through the breath Mm -hmm. but it is it is a group process and that's been really powerful too and so you know we came back to new york we ended up building um this dome in chelsea and i invite anyone who's listening if you live in new york or flying through new york or have friends in new york please visit us Um, but we also have a live stream platform so we have teachers incredible teachers all over the country teaching live stream over zoom. And, um, we we'll, we're going to give your, your listeners a discount at the end for 50% off the, cool. the digital membership. And, you know, I really encourage everyone to try breathwork because it's until you try it, it almost seems like hyperbole. Like it seems like too good to be true. Um, but it's really, it's really, it's really powerful, deep therapeutic medicine.
0: Oh, I love that. And then the exciting thing is, through a really cool series of events by a mutual friend of ours who came out to visit you and was um, profoundly impacted. He wanted to really get you. So one thing I do every year for the past probably 10 years is this A4M World Congress in December. I'm a faculty member, so I do teaching for them in functional medicine. And you're coming and I'm going to be there teaching um, this weekend, right, in Vegas.
1: Yeah, that's going to be really special and we're going to get to do a breathwork session I think in the dome together because we're Yes, bringing I
0: cannot cakes. wait. It is going to be the wait. highlight of my weekend literally.
1: <laughs> Mine um, too <laughs> to get with you. So that will be really special. And you know, and I think it's worth just talking about, you know, some of the benefits with with breathwork because what's interesting yeah. is it's like there's it, it's sort of like it it meets you where you are. There's a, there's an innate intelligence to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um the same way like you know, adaptogenic herbs, kind yeah. of like, you know, doing right. multiple things simultaneously. And we can understand that through functional medicine. Um, the breath is similar, right? So on a physical level, right, it's, it's, it's shifting your pH. So it's alkalizing the body. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's stimulating the vagus nerve, bringing you out of fight or flight, moving you into the parasympathetic. You know, it's reducing blood pressure. It's slowing down brain waves, Um, you know, it's, it's, it's literally on a, on a physical level, you know, one of it's just, it's, it's incredible how many things that it can help, right. It helps with sleep. It helps with digestion. It, it Mm -hmm. helps with addiction. Like, so it's, it's just, it's really, it's quite powerful. And then on top of it, of course, now therapists and doctors are starting to prescribe it for anxiety, for depression, for PTSD, right. And so, you know, I I really want listeners to understand whether you're struggling with a a, a physical illness that's very much rooted in in the body, or whether you're struggling with something that's more of, you know, a mental health issue, I would encourage you to try the breath work because I've seen for myself and now for thousands of people that I've worked with, that it actually works for both. And and in a way that's very beautiful because it actually is aligning the two. It's aligning the body and the mind. Actually- really that the the gut the heart and the brain really like the three brains um, it, it's it's actually bringing into into resonance and that's where I think some of the deepest healing can occur because it's not doing it in a way that's siloed right and so you know it it's pretty phenomenal but've I've had people you know be able to release you know early childhood traumas that, you know, they haven't been able to get to it through talk therapy for wow. years. And then I've also had people with huge migraines and back pain who've had it help, you know, very physical things or seemingly physical things, right? That maybe also had yeah. an emotional component or spiritual component. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's important to recognize that it, it's working both physically and emotionally. And of course, it's also building emotional resiliency. Yeah right? And so it's helping us, you know, just become a little bit less reactive. In um, in one of his books, Eckhart Tolle talks about, he actually has a whole chapter on the breath. And he talks about how just three conscious breaths can completely change what we're about to say, think, feel, do, oh, yeah. act, right? So, you know, if someone's triggering you, or if you're just overwhelmed, or about to type, aggressively type that email, or pick up the phone or, you know, whatever it might be, just bringing like that conscious awareness to the breath. And we'll we'll do three breaths together in one second, but like that can create enough of a pause, right? In the mind, in the nervous system that we actually can shift out of that reactive state and just start to actually move into a state of awareness, of presence, of listening. And in that space, that's where the magic happens, right? That's where suddenly you can hear someone differently, or maybe yeah. you express yourself differently and then they respond differently yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or we can actually digest our food better because we're not so anxious that, you know, we've shut down our yes. digestion yes. before. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, so there's just like, it's, it's wild how it can have this like real, you know, sort of domino effect mm-hmm. of all the ways that it affects us from, yeah, how, how we breathe before we try to sleep, how we breathe before we eat, how we breathe before we have a meeting. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, many, many ways to use it.
0: I love it. So let's definitely do a few minutes you show us because um, we just have a couple minutes left um, before we get into that, because maybe we actually end with that piece. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, people can find you at Frequency Mind. And I want to just be clarified uh, clarify because in my understanding, they can come visit the Dome, obviously. And sure. hopefully you'll be eventually getting domes in other cities. I would love okay. for you to come to Boulder. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like, that's a definite. That's how we're-, we're... Hey. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So anyone who's listening in our area, stay tuned, Vivian. Hopefully we'll just see how that happens. And I will do everything I can to support you. So you can go visit your dome. And it's obviously, I would highly recommend this experience, but you can actually go online and get a subscription to your trainers. Tell us just a little bit about that. And I'll be sure and link it's frequencymind.com, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. So when you go on our website, you'll see that you can either come take a class in person or you can take one online. So we have live stream classes seven days a week with really beautiful heart-led Um, breathwork facilitators. So I would encourage everyone to try it. It's literally only $10 a month with this 50% off code. So it's incredibly affordable. There's, there's really like no reason not to just try it, you know, and see, see what it does for you. And it might, it might just in fact change your life, you know, I (laughs) love it.
0: And I love like I'm so open to new therapies and things and with patients' permission, we'll often try things that have maybe never been done before. But my rule of thumb is is their risk and benefit ratio, right? And what I love about this is I, I don't know if you have any contraindications, but I can't see any no risks. Like you breathe, right? We breathe every day. No, we breathe every day. (laughs) But to me, it's such a beautiful thing because it's very, very low. And like you even mentioned, some of the plant medicines and other ways that people get these kinds of experiences, this is such an accessible way to so many people that may not have access to some of the other things that are out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that this is accessible, it's democratic, it's universal. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had, you know, in the last two weeks, uh, you know, People with disabilities who are in wheelchairs, wow. you know, um, come in to the dome and breathe with us. Um, you know, we've had, you know, teenagers to people in their 80s. You know, as you said, we all breathe. Um, we all take actually on average about 20,000 breaths a day. Mm-hmm. But most of us are kind of unconscious shallow breathing. And when we shallow breathe, we we stay in that fight or flight, that anxious place, right? And so we stay in that loop. Um, and so when we bring our awareness to the breath, you know, that's when everything begins to begins to shift. And so I do love that, you know, there's there's really uh there's really only benefits to breathing, right? And you can do it as gently as you'd like, right? So Mm -hmm. you don't have to dive into the deep end. You can also start really slowly and really gently um, with yourself and and build up over time. And it really is like something you can you can absolutely um, modulate.
0: Mm. Well, in our last couple minutes, you want to just give us an example or take us through, a, like, how would you teach someone to breathe in sure. that way?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in my mind. I'm like, which type? Because there's so many different beautiful <laughs> types of, uh, of breathing. How many minutes do we have? Do we have a hard stop at 4:30?
0: No, we can go whatever you like. Maybe like uh, three to five minutes.
1: Okay. So we'll do. We'll do. We'll do like one or two minutes of of one technique. We'll switch to another. And then just so you guys can all feel a few different things. So we'll put one hand on the heart and one hand on the belly. And this particular technique we're going to do through the mouth. This is a connected circular breath. It's a two-part breath, um, holotropic, rebirthing. It has many names. Basically, we're taking in a lot more oxygen than we usually do. And we're releasing a lot of carbon dioxide um, which is incredibly good. It's imagine yourself suddenly in the Amazon, like running through the jungle, right? So the body's just like, oh my gosh, thank you, and the brain, and you know, so we're gonna be breathing in through the mouth. It you want to be doing this sitting down. You don't want to be standing up because you can get dizzy. So um please sit down, don't be driving a car and don't be in water. Um, that's really critical when you're doing the breath work. Um, no cars, no water. Love, it. Love Um it. All right, I just have to say that I've been... um, So we'll first breathe into the belly, then into the upper chest, the heart, and then release, it's through the mouth. So you can just do it with me and we'll just be here for a minute or two. So it sounds like this. Good, I invite you to close your eyes. Beautiful, beginning to find a pace, a rhythm that feels comfortable. I invite you to bring a small smile to your face as you continue to breathe. Beginning to see if you can find the grace, the ease in the breath. You might begin to feel the energy flowing through the body, maybe some tingling or numbness in the hands. This is perfectly normal. This is a physiological response to the fluctuating oxygen and carbon dioxide levels. the body so your body's really hungry for this extra oxygen so it's like a hose that has been all wound up all winter and suddenly the water in this case the the breath the energy the spirit flowing through you so if you feel some of that dizziness or cramping or tingling that's why stay with the breath Good, see if you can really open that jaw, take in 5% more oxygen, softening the face, softening the eyes, softening the jaw, softening the throat. Beautiful, everyone. Beautiful, and we'll take one deep breath in and just sighing it out. Beautiful and we'll rest here in the stillness. And as we hold empty here, just beginning to feel our cells, our mitochondria, begin to awaken, feeling the body starts to sense its aliveness feeling the breath touch places inside of us that are often holding tension, stress, worry. Beautiful deep breath in here, (sighs) holding at the top, bringing that smile back to our face. and feeling the potential of connecting up through the crown chakra to the heavens, to the cosmos, to spirit, and simultaneously through the root chakra down into the core of the earth and feeling this deep centering and being held in this space created between the thoughts, between the breath, the space between the space. And exhale. And now just in this mini two minutes, I just will close with the invitation to tune into your frequency in three words, your inner landscape. How are you feeling in this very moment? And as we begin to have this awareness, have this consciousness of how we're feeling moment to moment, this is where where we can start to feel this presence within ourselves, the unfolding of the self into the self. So we'll open our eyes and Dr. Jill and I can share our three words with each other but I encourage you to share those maybe in a journal or in a chat or with a friend so I'll just begin Um, my three words were I'll just start with I am Viv and I am love I am light and I am gratitude
0: Dr. Jill? Oh, I love that. My first two are the same. <laughs> I am love, I am light, and I am transformation.
1: Oh, beautiful. <laughs>
0: <Amazing>. <laughs> so beautiful. We were... Oh, Vivian. Thank you. But I am grateful, too. Oh, you are such a gem. You are such a light to the world. You are love and light. I can't wait to be in Vegas and experience this with you and so many other doctors that we're going to teach this oh gosh, is exciting. Me too. and thank you for being here share in the chat and wherever you're listening your words I would love to see that so please jump in and share and thank you for all being with us Vivian most of all thank you for you for the work you're doing this is just the beginning you have such great things in store for helping to change the wor- world and heal the world and I am so grateful that we have met and that um I get to speak with you
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for the incredible work you're doing and just sharing your platform with me and all the other incredible people you've had on it and really helping, you know, co-elevate and educate and, and just share all of your deep knowledge, Dr. Jill, you're really an inspiration. Um, so thank
0: you. Thank you. And thank you for having thank me you. on. And I
1: can't wait to hug you in person and breathe together. In yes.
0: person. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Right. Bless you. you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone.
1: Bye.